The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, Thursday, October 24th. CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm the host of this daily podcast. We have eight episodes per week. That's how we roll. Very excited to talk some Thursday night football with the one, the only, the man who's been roped into doing this twice a week, Jared Dubin. Are you actually excited to talk about this game? Uh, oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. I'm excited to talk about this game. The, the Are you? Redskins and Vikings? I think the Vikings win the Super Bowl before the season. I oh, right. Kirk I Cousins. I hate the Redskins. I took the Redskins under. The Vikings are 16. I, can't, I won't tell you how big a favorite they are, but it's big. Um, and I want, I want. Well, you basically Kirk, just told me. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess saying six. It could be six. I could be saying six. I don't think you were saying six. <laughs> oh, and now I'm looking at my post and I see that they actually added the spread in. So when I scrolled down, I was going to see it anyway. There you go. Um, Vikings are minus 16 and a half. That is a lot of points. I Look, I'm here for revenge games, dudes, and this is the ultimate revenge game. Not only it's is a it a double revenge or it's, it's a kind triple of a triple revenge, revenge game. game. Adrian Peterson against the Vikings. Case Keenum against the Vikings. Kirk Cousins against the Redskins. I'm sure there's somebody else we could find that, that, that wants to extract revenge against Dan Snyder or uh, Minnesota, right? I mean, surely there's somebody uh, else. Josh Norman against people criticizing him. <laughs> Josh Norman against uh, like straw men, crit- critical straw men or something like that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, reminder: download, subscribe, rate, and review. If you if you lo- if you love the podcast, if you have ever DM'd me about fantasy advice and I've responded to you, or you ever emailed me and I've responded to you, and you haven't left a review, go do it. Go 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 hook your boy up because we need the reviews. We're trying to get it to a certain number, one thousand. We're moving up there quickly. And, uh, you can do it from your app. Like if you open the podcast app, you can like scroll down and hit the five star button and just submit. You don't have to write a review. Now, if you want to write a review, we'll take it, man. We'll take it. Anything, uh, anything you want to donate to the cause is great, including your time. Um, but back to the game. I don't really know how on earth the, Redskins would be competitive in this game, dude. And that, um, well, you know what? Let's start with, let's, let, let's, let's not do that. Let's start with the Vikings and when they have the ball and what you've seen the last three weeks. Cause we talked about this, uh, briefly either on the podcast previously or off air talking about, uh, play action numbers. The Vikings have really over the last three weeks kind of changed their offense, right? Yeah, I mean the the numbers are pretty stark. We talked about it I think on Monday before we were doing the uh the Jets Patriots podcast and um so basically the Vikings offense through the first 4 weeks of the season was averaging 324 yards and 21 points a game and they were 15th in offensive DVOA at Football Outsiders. In the 3 games since then, basically since Kirk Cousins apologized to Adam Thielen for not getting him the ball, uh, the Vikings are averaging 480 yards and 36 points per game, and they're all the way up to fifth in offensive DVOA. 
Um, now you might want to say, well, maybe that's Delvin Cook. Maybe it's the defense. Maybe it's something else. Uh, no. Uh, Delvin Cook has been dominant all season when they've given Alexander Madison the ball. Uh, behind Cook, he's been pretty much dominant all season too. Like Cook in the first four games of the year averaged 23 touches for 131 yards a game. And then in the first, in the last three weeks, it's 24 touches for 140 yards a game. He's mm-hmm. getting one more touch and nine more yards. That's it. The difference is Kirk Cousins. He went from completing 65% of his passes to 76% of his passes, averaging 7.4 yards per attempt to 10.8 yards per attempt. Um, went from an 88.6 passer rating to being the first quarterback in NFL history to throw for at least 300 yards and have a passer rating of at least 135 in three games in a row. And basically all of it is just they are throwing off of play action way more often. They're like running the offense straight out of analytics nerds dreams. Um, yeah, I mean they went from 27% of their passes were play action in the first four weeks to 46% have been play action in the last three weeks. And Kirk Cousins has 592 passing yards, seven touchdowns, and no picks on play action in the last three games. How much of it do you attribute to the fact that over the last three weeks, because I feel like it's sort of with Kirk Cousins kind of a moving bar, right? Mm-hmm. Like when he slaughters the uh, Falcons on 10 passes, like, what do you have to throw? They ran all over him. Um, when he loses to Green Bay and loses to Chicago, it's like, well, you can't beat a winning team. Um, when he stomps on Oakland, it's like, oh, the Raiders aren't very good. When he throws all over the Giants and the Eagles, it's like, those secondaries aren't great. And then Detroit is like, well, maybe the Lions stink. I mean, like, it feels like a very big moving bar for Kirk Cousins. Um, how much of it do you attribute the last three weeks to the change in scheme, the change in approach, the uses of play action versus going up against maybe questionable secondaries? I mean, some of it obviously is the secondaries that they played against. Like, you can only play against the team in front of you. And if you're playing a bad secondary, you're likely to do better than if you're playing a good secondary. So obviously that contributes to it a bunch. But also, like, Kirk Cousins has always been very good at throwing off of play action and yes. not nearly as good. College. Yeah. And not nearly as good throwing on a straight drop back. So, I mean, obviously he's not going to be whatever it is, like a 157.2, I think, passer rating on play action for the rest of the season. But, I mean, 46%, that seems like a good number to me. I don't think they should, you know, go down from there and suddenly go back to 30% of his passes or play action. Like, this is a good area to be in where almost half of his passes are coming after a run fake. And I think that they will have significantly more success that way than if they, you know, start going back to the lower mid thirties or twenties, like they were earlier in the season. Did, um, did you ever expect that Kirk cousins would lead the analytics revolution? Um, I would say I expected less that Mike Zimmer would be leading the analytics revolution, considering he's on team establish the run. Hashtag Um, establish it. Hashtag establish it indeed. By the way, do you use establish the run dot com? Um, because I think it's an awesome site. I, I not, do. It's great. Yeah. Okay. I mean, very good information. I don't want to uh, rant. Was it okay. it's, uh, Silva and yeah. Levitan and a bunch of other guys? It's a good yeah. site. Very good site. Um, and uh, I forgot what I was saying about Kirk Cousins. Oh, about Mike Zimmer. Uh, he's on team establish the run. But at least if you're gonna run too often, like at least use play action when you're gonna throw. So yeah. So what? Um. Because they're throwing a lot on first down, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're. I mean, they're. Is it, is it? Uh, do you I mean? Do you, I don't know. Like, do you think we can see this continue? Because I look at 
the Viking schedule, and I believe that they can do it for the next few weeks. I, I mean, I, I called this a few weeks ago. I said, I mean, not like I'm look, man. Like I, I, I we're just trying to back up your preseason Super Bowl prediction, and you were willing it into existence, and it has existed. Well, maybe, but like here was my thing, dudes, and I still stand by this. The Vikings are now five and two. They're, they're a good team. They're a very good team. Their only two losses are on the road in Green Bay and on the road in Chicago. I mean, like I get that the offense looked like crap, and Adam Thielen went on a you know went on a bender on Kirk Cousins, Stephon Diggs had the trade rumor stuff, and people were panicking. But like those aren't bad losses. They lost to the Packers by five in Green Bay. The Packers are a good football team. They lost to the Bears by ten in Chicago. The Bears might not be a good football team, but they're a good defense, and they played their asses off against the Vikings. And they're a bad matchup because they can get pressure on the passer. Um, and the and the 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 Vikings. Uh, Offensive line has not been fantastic against protection, but it does feel like they change things up. They have the Redskins, then 10 days to prep for the Chiefs who might not have Patrick Mahomes. Then I think there's two interesting cases here. At Dallas on Sunday night in uh, week 10 and at Seattle on Monday night in week 13. These are games that people, if they don't believe in Kirk Cousins or don't want to believe in Kirk Cousins, will use as confirmation bias if Cousins struggles. But I'm just not sure I see a secondary that's really going to challenge this this offense until week 16 and week 17 when they get the Packers and Bears at home. This is a very conducive schedule to winning the division. Yeah, I mean, I would say that the the next few weeks the schedule sets up pretty well for them passing wise. Like even the Cowboys before last week against Philly, when they just completely shut down Carson Wentz, it felt their like, secondary it felt like an outlier to me. That, yeah, I was gonna say like their secondary had not been very good uh, for most of the season. The Seahawks secondary has not been good for most of the season. Uh, obviously, they've got Washington tonight. Kansas City, their pass defense, it's not like they've been all that good. And if they don't have Patrick Mahomes, like it might be just a, a much different game. I mean, the, the one secondary that looks like a challenge between now and I would say week 14 when they have the Lions again um, is Denver. But yeah. Denver might not have Chris Harris by then. So Probably won't have Chris Harris by then. I mean, shouldn't have Chris Harris by then if they know what they're doing. Yeah, um, I am somewhat skeptical that John Elway knows what he's doing. Um, Fair. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's so, again, it sets up well for them, I think, to have success offensively. It might be a bigger challenge for them, you know, like if Mahomes is back next week to stop the Chiefs and then to stop the Cowboys in Dallas in a couple weeks and then to stop Russell Wilson a couple weeks after that. Um, but I think their offense is set up, you know, pretty well to have success if they keep doing, you know, things that are, optimizing the offense you know if they go back to we're going to run on every first and second down and only ask cousins to throw in you know third and long situations and things like that then they're going to have less success but if they keep doing things that like we know from a period of years works really well like throwing on early downs and throwing play action and testing down the field instead of just taking these short passes like that's why stefan diggs has been so much better the last few weeks because they've actually been throwing the ball downfield you know um so I, I think if they keep doing the things that we know work, they will play well. And if they don't, then they won't. It's fair. And look, again, um, I'm not trying to trump uh, trump up my own personal, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, I think bench. we all expected that this team was going to be good. You're just the one yeah. that took them to the Super Bowl. Right. But like I said during the season, I was like, I was like, look, this is a team that, is, that can lean on play action and flood the field with Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs and Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith and then, you know, pound the ball with Dalvin Cook. So, I mean, I just think this is what the offense should look like, and I'm very curious to see if they can – well, I mean, they should because it's successful, but I'm curious to see if they will continue to operate in this fashion, like, on when, on Thursday night. 
like tonight, will they do this or will they go, Mike Zimmer going to say, we are running the ball with Dalvin Cook right at these guys? I mean, do you think they'll change it? I mean, I think that they're definitely going to run the ball right at them, but as long as you mix in the heavy play action with that and do it on early downs too so that they don't know a run is coming every time, then I think you'll still have success. I mean, the Washington defense has not uh, been all that imposing this year. Like, I think you could throw to me on Josh Norman this season possibly. Like, he's given up five touchdowns most in the league, giving up a 134.2 passer rating on throws in his direction according to Pro Football Focus, like they are the worst team in the league so far this season at defending number two receivers, which more often than not he's been on because Quinton Dunbar has just been much better than him, and and he's been uh, doing a pretty good job on number one receivers. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that they're going to be able to have success throwing the ball. The Washington defense is a little banged up, too. Um, their offense is a little banged up, but also like both teams, I think, have some some injuries that they're dealing with, like Adam Thielen's not going to play this game. Washington's missing. Uh, DeShazer Everett is is out. The safety, Monte Nicholson is questionable, and Norman is questionable. But they both uh, they both sound like they're going to play. But uh, the Vikings' offense has been pretty good. Um, their offensive line, excuse me, has been pretty good blocking for the run. Washington's defense has been terrible stopping the run, and their their defense has been pretty bad stopping the pass too. So uh, I see the Vikings being able to do. Not necessarily whatever they want, but I think they should have a, a good amount of success. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we will talk about what – by the way, we barely mentioned the Redskins defense, but, you know, whatever. Uh, we will talk about the Redskins, what the Redskins will do when they have the ball, and, boy, will it be thrilling. <laughs> the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash rs10 today. All right, so we know what the Vikings will do. They will throw the ball a lot with play action. Um, what... uh 
What uh, what do the Redskins do when they have the ball? Because they score. Speaking zero. of establish the run. <laughs> oh my God, Bill Callahan. He. I mean, go. I don't want to take this. I assume you're going to talk about the game script to open against San Francisco, right? Yeah, I mean, what they run? Uh, nine out of ten plays. <laughs> um, straight yeah. flushing plays, and then they pass for negative yards. It was a. Um, uh, I, I assume Mike Zimmer's watching the film and like. Like maybe with his pants off. <laughs> I mean, Bill Callahan, apparently, uh, Bill Callahan, unbelievable offensive line coach, like one of the best in the sure. league, one of the best ever. Like if Dante Scarnagia didn't exist, the Patriots offensive line coach, we would probably think Bill Callahan was the best offensive line coach there ever was. Um, but he appears to be firmly uh, in the group of people that somehow thinks that you run to win and not win to run. Um, basically, the first thing he said after he became the head coach was that they weren't running enough because they were last in the league in rushing attempts. But basically smart people pointed out like, okay, you're 0 and 5 and you're last in rushing attempts because you have to throw all second half because your run game early in the game stinks and you're one of the run heaviest teams in the league. Um, so, you know, it, it worked against the dolphins. Uh, you know, like I said in my written preview, who could probably win the sec West, um, Adrian Peterson carried 23 times for 118 yards. But uh, it did not work against the 49ers, who were going to win the NFC West. And uh, Peterson ran for 81 yards on 20 carries, but 49 of those yards came on the first drive. He ran 11 times for 32 yards the rest of the day. Um, it's so, so so stupid. Like, I understand the weather was bad, and there were never going to be a lot of points. That was one of the best, like, opportunities ever to live bet uh, over or under. Like, when <laughs> it, in the first five minutes of the game, I mean, I, I, I took it at, like, I think like 31 and a half or something, or maybe it's 33, 35 and a half. I can't remember what it was, but like I should have taken it again and again and again and again. And for more money, um, it was, uh, I mean, there was no way anybody was going to score. It was just so, I mean, like I, I get that you can't pass the ball, but it was so dumb just to like, you're like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to run right at the strength of this defense. Like they do this better than anything else. They have this, like, this is their strength. Let's just attack them over and over again. Didn't make no sense. Yeah. I mean, look, this offense is not very good to begin with. I don't think they were going to find much success passing against san francisco either um case keenum might have gotten destroyed back there if they tried to throw the ball 50 times um but when you come out and tell teams like we're gonna establish the run we want to run it on first and second down to give ourselves third and manageable like everybody knows what you're doing it's not easy to run especially when you come out in heavy personnel formations which they kind of have to do right now because they have no receivers beyond terry mclaurin i mean I, i put this uh in the preview where Case Keenum, Dwayne Haskins, and Colt McCoy are 78 of 119. That's 65% for 664 yards. That's 5.6 yards per attempt. Four touchdowns and nine picks on throws to Trey Quinn, Paul Richardson, Kelvin Harmon, Robert Davis, Steven Sims, Vernon Davis, and Jeremy Sprinkle. Those are the non-Terry McLaurin tight ends and receivers. Um, that's a 59.7 passer rating. It's disgusting. Um, they, they essentially have one option in the pass game. Their run game is not good. I think it's going to be a very, very difficult night for them. Yeah. I, um, I don't see how Washington, the Washington team total over is 13. How, is I mean, it really? That's exactly what I projected them. Oh, really? Okay. So, yeah. so you think they get like a couple, two field goals and a garbage time touchdown or some, something like that, I guess. Something like that. Yeah. Or they, it's one of those things where like, oh, they came out and scored on the first drive. Are they going to make this a game? And then they don't score the rest of the game. I just don't. Yeah. It's like, like the, like the Redskins, like the uh, Redskins Patriots game, right? They score on that long run and then right. 
yeah, where he it was like the jet sweep and he broke six tackles somehow and made no sense and then they didn't score. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like the, no one saw that. No one saw that 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 run coming or the, like the end around coming all the way around. Right. And I think that that was the first uh, touchdown the Patriots had given up all season at the time. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was the first offensive touchdown they'd coughed up. So, I mean, I just have a problem like grasping and I like, like a like a game script where. The, like, like how, like, what did the Redskins do to try and get Minnesota on their heels and turn them into a one-dimensional passing team? Like, like how, I just don't see how it happens. I mean, I understand. Yeah. I don't think there's really anything they could do. I mean, it's just the team is not as good as the other team they're playing against. Yeah. They don't have good matchups. Um, yeah. I mean, look, two upsets happen. Obviously, of course. Um, well, I just always, it's very unlikely. I just always try to think like, you know, when you walk through, like, okay, at the beginning of the season, you're like, all right, here's how this team can, you know, make the playoffs. Here's how this team, like, here's how things unfold. Like, there has to be a path for an upset. And remember, the Bills beat the Vikings in Minnesota last year in a very unlikely situation. Um, I the mean, Bills had, even last year, though, like, obviously this year their defense is probably the second best in the league. Yeah. Last year they had a top 10 defense, too. You know, yeah. uh, Washington does not have that. Yeah. I guess they need to, they need to turn Kirk Cousins over early. Mm-hmm. on defense and then well look it is a primetime game so we could very <laughs> you know possibly see not good Kirk Cousins is Terry McLaurin a legitimate future number one wide receiver I think so that dude's awesome yes. um what do you think he, about the game scary Terry yay nay f1 uh no uh, I do not like scary Terry scary. um there's already another athlete named Terry who calls himself scary Terry and he's not good is Terry, Terry, oh, Terry Rozier. Rozier, who somehow, by the way, uh, not to this is Debo's worst nightmare. Uh, somehow, uh, he's the starting point guard for the freaking Charlotte Hornets. How yeah. is that? The team's over under. They signed like, him to a won. massive contract. They won. This they won. Oh, yeah, they beat the Bulls. Me. Yeah, I watched. I actually watched a good chunk of that game, flipping back and forth between the World Series. Um, they gave him fifty nine million or something like that. Insane. He, it's him. PJ Washington look, I don't know what this podcast is, but PJ Washington look awesome. Yeah, this, I think he set the record for threes in a rookie debut. Yeah, he looked really good. He was stroking from, from there. Um, uh, Cody Zeller had a bunch of like transition dunks. I'll tell you who looked awesome too is, uh, uh, Kobe, my boy Kobe White for the Bulls. It's 17, uh, 17 points, seven, uh, assists, three rebounds and a steal. Only one turnover. Um, Zach Levine was coughing it up all over the place. And then Laurie Markkinen, that dude is nuts. Yeah, he's a really good shooter. I don't know how this got into an NBA discussion. So yeah, you, we were talking about, talking uh, about Scary I, Terry. Yeah. I was um, okay, you're right. Yeah. So I think we go F1 for Terry McLaurin. That can yeah, be- I like that much better. Um, he's really good. I mean, I, I think it was um, Robert <laughs> Mays from The Ringer who early in the season compared him to Keenan Allen. And I like that comparison a lot. I think it makes a lot of sense. They are both just such technically sound route runners that they're able to create separation. Like even if they don't create it at the break from the line, they're able to create it at the top of their break. Um, you know, when it, you know, it break in and if it's a slam break out, if it's a, if it's an out or a, a corner or whatever it is. I mean, that it was a very good comparison. And I feel really good about McLaurin in the future. Okay. Um, let's talk about some props. And by the way, uh, well, no, we'll get, so the Vikings defense though, I mean, it's legitimate. I mean, like it's, mm. it, it actually, defense. yeah. Do you think it's a top five or top 10? I don't know that it's top 
five defense. I don't think that they have like, you know, there are guys that they were a top five defense for a few years in a row. These guys are just a little bit older now. They're in their late twenties, early thirties. They're not quite as good as they were. Um, you know, Xavier Rhodes is having a pretty tough season, but they still have a good pass rush. They still have good linebackers. They still have a good secondary for the most part. You know, Harrison Smith basically every year is just one of the better safeties in the league and nobody talks about him. Um, yeah, I mean, so it's a good defense. I wouldn't go so far as saying it's a great defense, but it can certainly have great games, you know, like they did back in week one against Atlanta. Um, and I think they could have one tonight because this Washington team, I just don't think has a lot of talent on offense. By the way, oddly enough, the, um, in DVO, just in terms of DVOA, which I mean, I, I care about DVOA. Uh, yeah, I like DVOA a lot. The, uh, the Vikings fell from sixth overall in defense to 11th. And the Bills fell from third to twelfth. I guess that's what happens when you give up points to Miami, right? Um, yeah, that makes sense. How did the Vikings fall? That didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, well, what they, didn't they give up like thirty to? Uh, yeah, I guess they're, yeah, they're getting thrown on by Matthew Stafford. Yeah, that's true. He was winging the ball around. Um, yeah, fair enough. Um, I would take Minnesota over the Rams, the Broncos, the Steelers, and the Jets for sure, though, in terms of teams that are ahead of them in DVOA. I'm not looking at the list right now, but that sounds about right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think they're behind. Well, the, the Rams did just add Jalen Ramsey, which should make them better. That's true, and they did get to play the Falcons. Uh, I'm just, like New England, San Francisco, Carolina, I think, are a very viable top three. I would throw Chicago and Green Bay in there. New Orleans is excellent. Um, but then I would have Minnesota after those groups, along with Buffalo, who I think is underrated there. Like, like the, here's here's 11 through 13 in terms of defensive DVOA. Minnesota, Buffalo, and Kansas City. Like, one of those doesn't belong to me. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, okay, let's get to uh, props. Kirk Cousins over under 245 and a half passing yards. Over? I feel like that's low. That's, that is low. Is that the actual line? I'm going to check on Devo. Let's see what the, uh, kind of like that, uh, yeah, this was, I mean, I guess they're thinking maybe like they come out and have like a game they, like they had against Atlanta in week one where Cousins just throws like 12 times. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, um Let's see. I'm seeing. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I, you know, it, it really could be a situation where they, even if you include the three, you know, not as good games before the most recent three game streak, like mm-hmm. he's averaging 270 yards a game during the last six games. You know, not not including week one when he threw ten passes. I also um, think it's kind of important for to keep this. Stuff like the 98, like I get that they curb stomped Atlanta 28 12 in week one and he threw, mm-hmm. ten, you know, threw 10 times for 98 yards and that's great. But like you do kind of have to make the guys like the way that people perceive minute, like if Minnesota can go out and he throws for 300 yards tonight and Dalvin Cook gets his 100 yards and Stephon Diggs gets his touchdown at 100 yards and they romp the Redskins, you just have a better feeling going into the next week. I know that's stupid. Like it shouldn't matter, but like the way they were winning early on when they're two and two, and Cousins isn't playing very well, and the offense didn't, didn't have the, the mojo. Like, it's clear that the energy they're getting from this good offense is, is important, I think, right? I mean, they, I know that sounds stupid, but I, I feel like he'll want to throw more uh, in, in that case. Um, over under Case Keenum, 214.5 passing yards. Um, I guess I have to go over just because I don't think they're really going to find any success running, and I think they're going to have to throw a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think you saw when you're in catch-up mode against Minnesota, 
you can throw a little bit. So I'll go over there, even though I don't expect him to be all that successful. Um, I would take the under, but I mean, not as a, not as a, 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 a big bet or anything like that. I, I do like the under a little bit there. Uh, over under Dalvin Cook, 90 and a half rushing yards. Mm, that's a big number. Yeah, uh, I think I'll go over. Even so, during both of the stretches this season, he's averaged over 100 yards a game. First four games and last three games. Um, leading the league in rushing, leading the league in rushing touchdowns, leading the league in yards from scrimmage. Uh, I don't think that the Washington defense is all that good. So, yeah, I'll go over. Do you get the sense, because I sort of get the sense, I watch a lot of these Viking games, obviously. They will pull, as soon as that lead is in, as soon as they got that lead, they are pulling Dalvin Cook for Alexander Madison. Like they, like Madison, if they are up two touchdowns, Madison will get 10 to 15 carries in this game. So if you're doing like a FanDuel or DraftKings DFS showdown type of thing, Madison is a guy based on game script that I would want to have in my lineup. I do think, however, Dubin, that they are interested, as am I naturally, uh, in getting Dalvin Cook the rushing title this year because they seem to get him. I mean, his average is 19 carries on the dot. They seem to want to get him to 19 carries. That gets him over 100 yards, and then they bring in Madison if it's a blowout or keep running Cooks if it's not. Yeah, I mean, look, his season low is 14 carries, and he's averaging whatever it is, like five and a half yards a carry. Like oh, Five and a half on the dot, yeah. Yeah, he's he going to be good. You know, I want him to stay healthy so bad. Yeah, uh, I mean, look, I think that they <gasps> – Excuse me. They have a good situation behind him with Madison, but obviously, like this guy's. I mean, we've seen it. If even I can say this about a dude who went to Florida State, um, I think you know that he's like one of the best running backs in the league. We've seen it when he's healthy. You know, even the last two years, you know, four games into the year, I think he was second in the league in rushing as a rookie, averaging 4.8 yards a carry, and then he got hurt. I think he tore his ACL. Then last year he got hurt again when he was averaging like 4.6 yards a carry. When this dude is healthy and on the field, he's really good. Um, That's it. All right. Uh, yeah, I would probably take the over there. That's a big number, though. That's tough. Uh, Kerry McLaurin over under 63 and a half receiving yards. I guess if I went with the over on Keenum, I probably got to go with the over on McLaurin because they can't really throw to anybody else. Yep. Uh, Stefan Diggs over under 89. Jeez, that's huge. That one I'll go under. Yeah, um, and, you know, Cook will catch some passes. Rudolph and uh, Irv Smith will catch some passes. I think BC Johnson will catch some passes. Um, they'll spread it around a bit more, I think. It actually looks like it might be moving down on the props market, uh, to closer to 85 and a half. I would still probably take, I still, I, I still think I would. I think we need to remember, like, before the last two games, Diggs did like six catches combined or whatever. And I'm not sure that Adam Thielen being gone necessarily helps him. I understand that it, it theoretically should. He's got 19 targets the last two weeks, but the Philadelphia game was again against a bad secondary squeaky wheel game. Um, and then Detroit was sort of a shootout, right? And he caught a bunch of passes down the field. So would not be surprised at all if he was under 80 yards with a touchdown and, you know, sort of cooking it on the sidelines while they, while they, uh, while they pound Alexander Madison. Um, all right. Picks, uh, what's your, uh, oh, by the way, I would say that if you're interested in this, not you, but anyone listening, that here's a good teaser for you for the weekend. And I will probably uh, put this in my column and mention it on the Thursday night show, but I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there because you need it. You need to put it in now before the Vikings game. Uh, Vikings, it's a 10 point teaser or 10 and a half. I guess a 10 and a half point teaser technically. Um, no, 10 point. Vikings minus six, Rams minus three, Patriots minus two and a half. Uh, you can risk 
one unit to win 0.71 units. So you can risk 100 to win 71.43. What do you think about that teaser? I'm bad at teasers, or I was bad at teasers. I feel like people should not take my advice on this. Teasers are terrible in general, but like, (laughs) I just think the three teams that are huge favorites this week, the Rams, and they're in London, so that's a little bit of a concern, but I think they can beat the Bengals by three. The Patriots minus two and a half at home against the the Browns, please. And, uh, the Vikings. I I will note that I just saw on Twitter, William Jackson is back in practice today for the Bengals. Um, that could affect the passing game, but their defense is terrible anyway. Yeah. So and anyway, it's just just a thought. If anybody wants to do it, what do you think about tonight's game? What's your pick? I got thirty-one thirteen Vikings. Hmm. So over, over on a garbage Redskins touchdown is what you're telling me. That sounds um, right. Yeah. So, I mean, either garbage time or they score on their first drive and people think they're going to keep it close and then they don't. If if the Redskins score on their first drive, people live bet the Vikings. Yes. Um, and it's even up to, I know that it's up to 17 now. Oh my goodness. goodness. Oh, is it? So wow. I wound up being super close on, uh, yeah, yeah. On so everything there. Winning by 18 and covering barely and, uh, the overhitting barely. You're all over it as usual, Dubin. The Reds- Although in the, in the column that I see that's up on the site, it says 16. Um, so who knows? it's easy for NFL teams to get the 16. I'm sure that shouldn't be a thing. Um, Touchdown and two. Touchdown and no, two. I mean the uh, the spread says. 16. Oh, the spread, right, 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 right. That's what we said. I think, but I mean, I'm saying it's moving. The Redskins are plus 17, minus 115, so it could come back to 16 and a half or 16. We'll see. Uh, all right, Dubin, I agree with you. I think that is a appropriate score. I think the Redskins uh, will not cover. Um, the Vikings will hammer them. A little worried that everybody's on the Vikings, but you know what are you going to do? They're a good team. Redskins stink. Good to talk to you, buddy. We'll talk on Monday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.